Hi, and welcome to Second Level Impact. I'm Candace Cheslow. This is my co-host, Patty Catter. And we today are going to be talking about a little more serious topic. Um, we're going to be talking about death and grieving. Um, on the last um, episode, we discussed a little bit about the holidays and holiday traditions. And when we've lost a loved one, it, it can really change the dynamics of the holiday season. So we thought we would uh, touch on this a little bit and and move, um, decide how we approach this, talk about how we approach it, if there's fear, there's calmness, and in different ways that we all experience this. Um, Patty, um, have you found that and at some point in your life, there was an event, um, you lost a loved one, and it really impacted you over the holidays in an unexpected way? Yeah, so I really haven't talked too much about this before, even to you. Um, so when I was quite younger, I lost a really good friend when I was 15 years old. Um, uh, his name's Scott. So those of you who've known me for a long time, you know about Scott. Um, so he was a really good friend. Um, around the same time that I lost Scott, my grandfather on my mom's side passed away. So my mom's dad passed away. And both of them had a pretty strong uh, meaning to me. We went to school together, Scott and I did. And then of course, my grandfather and I, we were really close. He was the grandfather who was a police officer. So you might've heard me talking about him before. Um, but Scott actually passed away. It was in February, but right before Scott passed away, there was a young girl at my church who passed away right before Christmas. And I remember she said the last evening that I had seen her, it was a Wednesday evening. We were at church and she was so excited because she was talking about how she was going home. She kept calling Georgia home and nobody really understood the impact of that statement mm -hmm. that that was going to be one of the last statements because she was so excited. She was going home to, to Georgia is where she was going, which it was where her grandparents lived, even though they lived in Michigan, she kept calling it home. So we kind of thought it was strange that night until, you know, we heard that she had mm -hmm. passed. And, um, so it brought up huge conversations as I was a teenager, um, just around our church, around religion, around, um, holidays for sure. Mm, yeah. Yeah. That's tough. Especially when it's young and you're young, mm -hmm. that impact, um, as an adult now, I, think about it because it is more of a reality for everybody. It's a reality, but I think you're a little more cognizant of it. But when you lose friends in high school, that really drives home and brings up uh, questions. And, and the fact that she said that, I find that just mm -hmm. like, that must've been some deep conversations yeah. um, in the community. Yeah, definitely. It was. And, you know, back then I didn't understand even why I was going through that phase of life. Like I still could never explain to his parents or, or we can't explain to anybody, right. Why Scott is no longer with us at such a young age. Um, but that said, I will say because of the growing pains that I had to go through of losing a good friend at such a young age, it actually helped me prepare later on. We lost many friends in war when Ken was deployed to war mm -hmm. and then I lost my parents and things like that. So even though I didn't understand it and it devastated me, I mean, I would have I had nightmares for a while after we lost Scott and I didn't understand it at the time why things happened the way that they did. But if you fast forward through all of the years, it, it makes sense now mm -hmm. for me to have had to go through all of that. 
That's really tough. Um, uh, recently uh, in Pennsylvania, a young man took his own life and we're very close with his best friend and their and her family. And initially she was, well, she's devastated. Of course she's devastated. It's her best friend. Mm -hmm. And there's no way to explain or reason it, but we did have a good talk about how her going through this experience, like we never know, we never know what God's plan is or why young children pass. And one of the things she was able to take away is because of her experience at some point, she wants to be a counselor. Mm -hmm. She's going to not only be able to talk and listen. If a child goes through this at some point when she's an adult, she's going to truly understand. She's truly going to be able to empathize and not just a facade of sympathy, but she's really going to have a powerful impact and be able to help children in the future. And again, it's that, it's that second level, like things that happen to us that we're able to help other people through. And I think that's one of the reasons that we do have trials. Mm -hmm. um, and so we, we learn from them and it does prepare us uh, for future conflicts or areas of struggle that we may need to be able to get through. And had we not developed that tenacity or that grit, it would be even more crushing. Oh so. yeah, definitely. And you know, it's kind of funny the way that you phrased it is perfect because, um, as a 15 year old kid, you know, you can't process this, mm -hmm. this very easily. And then to just see all of the moving parts that were there, like his parents are so amazing. I still talk with them today. Um, I've been raised in a way that we never emphasized on the death part of things, but it's just the beginning of the next chapter kind mm -hmm. of a thing. Yeah. Um, but if I had not gone through that at a young age, I, I definitely don't think I could have handled um, Ken's one deployment well when he was in Iraq. So mm. We, um, and, and that is, it's great that you have that to help you through that. Cause that is a, that is a challenge within itself. Mm -hmm. Um, we had a, a friend of mine from high school lost her son and he was very young, a young teenager. And I just remember on her post, she kept giving such thanks for the joy that she had him and for the time that she had with him and the love and, and, and how thankful she was to God for the opportunity to care for him for those, those, uh, sh you know, short 12 or 13 years. And I, you know, again, that second level impact, I grew more thankful and humbled and really made me look, take a look at my faith to sh see how she was responding to such a, I don't know if there's anything more traumatic mm -hmm. and the grace and the, and the faith with which she responded to that has resonated so deep within me. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I, and I think kind of lessons we go through, sometimes we may not see it, but we're truly impacting everybody around us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. Um, kind of, when I look back at my life, I'm like, wow, I'm pretty young to experience this loss, but maybe not because, um, really all of us have experienced loss. I think by the time you're our age, right. Which I have already said my age on another show and I'm not going to go there on this show. Um, <laughs> but really, you know, I think by the time you're our age, you've lost somebody who's been close to you mm -hmm. and, sure. uh, you just really have to learn how to navigate it. And also being aware of when it does happen to a family member. Now I'm more cognizant of what do I say at a funeral, um, to leave people with hope and encouragement because, I don't know about you, but 
I do not want the kind of funeral where people are coming in and wearing black and just giving me flowers after I'm dead. Like give me flowers. Now, if you're listening, I'll give you my address and you can send flowers (laughs) right now. Um, but what about you? Oh, I am way against it. I'm against Valentine's day and I'm against sad funerals. I am. My children have very clear instructions that I want to be buried in pajamas, preferably fluffy pink pajamas, um, color at the funeral. And, 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 you know, they, I just started hearing the celebration of life, celebration of life, mm-hmm. but truly the, the, you run into so many people you haven't seen. It's a, it's an opportunity to reconnect <laughs> for those who are living. Like how true is that? Like, I want my funeral, you know, to be like fun, reconnect, you know, get people's, you know, Facebook and Instagram, like, like connect and just be thankful. And, and just a reminder that, Hey, yeah. And definitely the pajamas. I definitely want to be in pajamas. That really made me laugh because I don't know how many family funerals I would go to. And every time we would have this funeral, like a couple of my aunts and uncles, they would always say something about, Oh, so sad to see you under these situations. And I'm trying not to laugh right now. It wasn't funny back then, but it's hilarious to me now like, so sorry to see you under these situations. It's, it's so bad here. We're at a funeral again and we're getting together, you know, and it was like, we get together at a funeral. That's about it. Funerals and weddings. Yeah. 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 So, um, that's interesting. Yeah. Use it as an opportunity. That's, that's my, it's out there. I, I don't want anyone to deviate and for the love of God, no black clothes, mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. <laughs> bright colors, yeah. but, and you know, and it's a little bit of levity, a levity um, that we're putting into it because for me, my approach is, is truly calm and it's faith driven. Mm-hmm. So I'm not afraid. And I have been in a couple of situations um, once in Iraq that was pretty intense that you're just like, Hmm not sure. So I do know how reactive had a, about with, um, in, invasive melanoma and that the second you hear cancer, you're like, Oh, okay, well, this just got real. Mm-hmm. And, and I know how I feel. And I, and I, it is true. And I am very strong and and thinking I'll be very calm when it happens. And I want other people around me, but for some, um, a very dear family member, my member of mine does not share the same faith. And she is so afraid of death. It is almost consuming her at this point. And it breaks my heart that, but it's understandable. I mean, if you don't have faith, then this is it. Then your, your time is literally ticking. Whereas I look at it as, Oh, what's next? Mm-hmm. You know? And it's so funny because I hear your story and I think our listeners are going to notice a pattern. I'm noticing a pattern as I'm processing all of this. You're like, oh, it's going to be peaceful and calm. And I'm going to be laying there and I'm going to have pink pajamas. And I'm like, I'm going to go parasailing and I'm going to crash down and I'm going to leave that impact. And there's going to be balloons and dancing and disco balls in my funeral. (laughs) (laughs) There is, you are, you you know, I think there's something that says fun size. Like you are, you are a package and ball of energy and fun. And I, I, yeah, I'm a little more reserved. (laughs) But pink pajamas, come on, give me a little credit. That's yeah. a little fun. That's a little crazy. Yeah. A little so, outside of the box. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to get cremated. I already decided. And I don't want people even like walking by that casket. So I was thinking, how many times have I seen somebody in a casket? And I can talk about this because they're not here to put me down right now. Um, but <laughs> I'm like, where is this going? <laughs> it's going somewhere. 
Now, how many times I know maybe it's because I was young and I remember seeing some of this when I was younger, but I thought my word, I don't think anybody I've ever seen in a casket actually looks like the person did when they were alive. Mm -hmm. Like there's no spark of life. The only thing I remember when I see somebody laying in a casket was like sort of sad because it was like, you know, they're, they're no longer here, but also the body does different things when your, your shell is left behind. Right. 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 So yeah. for me, I don't want an open casket. I don't want that kind of funeral. Um, I want to be cremated and throw my ashes into the air and yeah, yeah. Know, do something with them. I don't care. Yeah. No, I, I get that. I think for some, it's a little bit of closure. Mm -hmm. uh, my, my younger cousin passed away and she was only 26 mm -hmm. and it was a bad wreck. So it was a closed casket but because she was my, my baby cousin. Um, I got permission and, um, and it was a, it was a moment of closure for me. I, I still don't know if it was the right decision because it was a little rough, mm -hmm. uh, but for me, it can be closure, uh, particularly when it's unexpected. And I don't know if an unexpected death of a, of a young person is different than for someone who is older. My father, when he was diagnosed with mesothelioma, mm -hmm. you know, that's a terminal diagnosis, you know, and so you have time to prepare. And, um, and that wasn't, you know, the person I was closest to in the world, but I was more mentally prepared for that. So I don't know if I needed to have that open casket at his, does that make sense? Yeah. So maybe the unexpected and the finality, maybe mm -hmm. you need it. I needed it more than for my father who I had time to grieve over. Yeah. I think definitely valid points for me. Um, after my dad passed away, I'll just use this as an example. Um, my dad, both of my parents were cremated. So I decided though, for my dad, my dad and I were really close. He was like my best friend. And one of the things that I kept thinking about is I was not, I did not see my mom before she was cremated. Like I didn't see her in between the phase of when she died and she was cremated. So it's kind of a, like a weird feeling still from that. So I decided before my dad was cremated, I wanted to be there and I wanted to see him get cremated, which I know you're probably like, what in the world? But I figured he was there when I came into the world. The thing that I needed to do for me was I needed to be there until the very last minute. Mm. So I was actually so glad I did that though, because in my head, I pictured like this dungeon with all this crazy fire and these warlocks or something. I don't know. What do you picture when somebody's getting cremated? You know, some creeper in there, like burning down the house. I don't know. So I was really happy. <laughs> uh, I was really happy. I went back there though, because it was really, um, a peaceful atmosphere mm -hmm. actually. And it was super clean. And, um, and I'll just tell you, so if you have young ears, maybe in the car, if you're listening or wherever you're at, you might want to pause it and come back to this. It's a, a touchy subject for some, but, um, so I went back in the room and there was one person who was back there, a really nice guy. Um, and basically what happens is they put the body in a, which my dad was already in a, um, like a cardboard casket, mm. but, um, I could see like he was in his clothes, he would want to be in like jeans and his shirt, you know, that he liked. And it was something he would not, he would not want a bunch of makeup that you get mm -hmm. at the funeral home, mm -hmm. things like that. So, you know, this is a little graphic for some, but, um, for 
for me to see my dad was in his jeans. He looked normal. He just really looked like he was sleeping. He didn't have a bunch of makeup caked on. Um, and then the process of it was very clean. You didn't actually, I pictured like these huge flames. It's nothing like that. Like they literally have this little belt, the conveyor belt, and they put them in this thing. And then the doors come down quietly. Not like, you know, you would think it would just be like a really crazy intense moment, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. it was peaceful. And then, um, like I remember leaving and I, you can see like the smoke outside from the crematorium, which nobody, I guess that's what you call it. Right. A crematorium. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But, um, anyways, I had never thought of it before that moment that when you go by a funeral home like that, if you see smoke coming out of the chimney, they're not having a fire in Florida in the middle of summer, you know what I mean? Right. So it just gave a whole different viewpoint and it, it was really peaceful. And I'm, I just took up a ton of time with that, but no, I think it's so important. I was just sitting here thinking, um, how important it is to understand that just like life, we don't have, you don't have to be right. Your opinion and on that mm-hmm. and my opinion Mm-hmm. very different, mm-hmm. but none of them's right. And you have to grieve in your own way and you have to be able to um, let people grieve the way they need to grieve. And I imagine that it's situational for that. Yes. Um, but it's good that your children know what you want. I think mm-hmm. that's huge because we truly, we never really know. Um, a dear friend of ours uh, just lost their daughter recently and she was young. She was only 34. You just never know. And so to have these, these are hard conversations to make sure you have a will or a trust so that your estate doesn't go through probate. And even if it's, you know, not an estate per se, or, you know, but if your assets are not um, written down legally, then the state can get involved and you can lose whatever a little bit. I want my children to get all of it. I don't want it to go to, uh, I figured I paid enough taxes. I don't want to pay taxes and death too. Mm-hmm. So they're important conversations to have so that you're, your desires are met. Um, and, and I think in the, and again, the military refer to that a lot because there's some really strong experiences that come with being in the military. You're forced, you have to write a will when you go off to combat, you have to have a will in place. Um, so all of us, you know, my husband and I have always had a will. Mm -hmm. Um, I know you're, you're the same way. So, but it's very important to have that in place so that it helps assuage the difficulties that come along with passing just legally, not to mention the emotional stress that comes with it, you know? Mm -hmm. So what is there? So for me, I think the first holiday after was very difficult. Mm -hmm. Um, and that kind of emptiness, particularly if it's a center, well, I I'd say with anybody intimate in your family, um, so how, what are ways that you found that, um, help with that? Mm-hmm. have you found ways that are good therapeutic ways to get through this? Yeah. You know, I think the first year I lost my parents, it was so hard in the fact that I almost feel like I was probably in shock because my dad passed in November. So it was right before Thanksgiving and it was so stressful. Like our whole family just fell apart when we lost. My dad was like the final straw kind of a thing. So, um, he was like the last one that was holding us together just because, um, we're all in different areas and didn't live really close together and all this, all this stuff. But, um, where I'm going with this is, so the first year, what I ended up doing is I decorated for Christmas early, um, or no, I take it back. That was the the first Christmas after I lost him, like not the same year. So that same year, I just, I kind of, I kind of was winging it, honestly, Mm -hmm. I think. Um, but the next year, so it would have been the one year after my dad died, I actually decided to start putting up all of our Christmas decor on the day that we lost my dad. 
um, just because I thought, well, my dad wouldn't want me to be stuck in these bad thoughts. So Mm -hmm. what can I do to turn that? What was a bad day for me? Mm -hmm. What can I do to turn it around to, um, like make it a joyful day. Mm-hmm. So I, I hated it the first couple of years decorating on that day, but now every year I'm like, Oh, you know? Yeah. That's really sweet. That's really sweet tribute. Um, one of the things I've found is that I have a hard time getting rid of, getting rid of things from people that had passed. Mm-hmm. However, I have been the recipient of, and had to go through people's personal effects And that is a task within itself. Mm -hmm. So we are now in the stage of getting rid of kind of the clutter, but I am still holding on to things like my dad picked up a leather purse at a flea market and it's just beautiful. And it was just beautifully stamped and it was antique at the time. So in the maybe Mm eighties and he was going to clean it and fix it and reline it. He never did. I now have this purse that was $2 at a flea market in the eighties and I can't get rid of it. Mm -hmm. And like, it, I'm the last one that it's going to mean something to at what point do you know have you found that it's easy to get rid of things or is that something am I the only one who holds <laughs> on to stuff that I don't need or will never use well I had to help go through my parents house and my mom was a collector <laughs> and so what happened with me is there were a few things that my mom gave me while she was still alive that has meant the most to mm, me yeah the after effects, like I've never been a collector. So I'm a lot like my dad was my dad could have picked up and like walked out of the house with nothing and been happy and fine. And that's me. I literally like if something happened and I lost everything today, like whatever, let's start over. Like mm-hmm. no big deal. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. The tenacity, have that tenacity. Yeah. I think it almost be a relief mm-hmm. for yeah. me Oh my! that I wouldn't have yeah. to make the decision about the purse. Yeah. Well, for me, I just thought, man, I knew when I was growing up, my mom, I mean, my mom collected baskets, mm. you guys like, Oh, those baskets. long, what are those called? They're like real, like baskets, Expensive baskets. Like, those. Yeah. But she would hang them like all over the back wall and um, like all over her house. And I mean, they were pretty, but oh my word, I had so many baskets. So, like, I can't keep it all, you know? Yeah. Um, did, but, yeah. did you, have you found, um, I have a really good friend who sees hearts mm-hmm. everywhere. I have one too. Yes. And it's really beautiful. Mm-hmm. I mean, like she'll mm-hmm. find a, a rock or a seashell on a beach mm-hmm. or um, walk outside and there's a heart sheep, uh, shaped leaf mm-hmm. on her front step. And I think it's beautiful. And, um, I think it's comforting and peaceful. And I do think that there is, you know, I, I, I personally think that there is a connectivity and an ability to do that. I don't know how that works. Please don't ask, but if you have any ideas, I'd love to hear them. Um, but too many people have said just the strangest things have happened that nobody else would know. Um, little, um, connections that you might have with a person. And then something happens that you're just like, there is no way this just happened. Like, I don't believe in coincidences kind of scenario. Right. Um, but have you, um, do you know people who say that they get signs from loved ones? Yeah, I've had it happen too. I remember one time we were living in North Carolina, my grandma on my mom's side. So it would have been my mom's mom had passed away. I swore up and down. I smelled my grandma's perfume. Like it was some perfume that she always used to wear. I, so I called my mom who lived next door, but I still call her on my phone. And I was like, mom, I swear I'm smelling grandma today. Like, um, and I said, did you put anything in my house in this Mm. cabinet in the middle of the hallway? And she's like, no, but did you know it's her birthday today? 
And I was like, no, I didn't. So I don't know if it was like a subliminal thought in Mm -hmm. my head that I had caught some time and remembered it and kind of pushed it back into my consciousness. That's so sweet. Yeah. And they say smells are such a powerful Mm -hmm. uh, memory. Isn't it supposed to be the strongest memory? I think so. I remember smells like mm-hmm. if I meet I remember what you smelled like when I met you like isn't that weird I know it's so weird I sound like I don't want to know I mean we were in Guatemala basically no I'm just joking we were no. Barnes and Noble yeah, we hopefully Barnes I had showered before I went you had a coffee in your hand oh I don't know if you remember that I don't yeah yeah I remember things like that I just remember a young lady was going to go to Guatemala by herself not being able to speak <laughs> Spanish that's what I with her child yeah, I still uh yeah so i i think um i think that it is i think there are signs i definitely think that there are triggers uh and i think it's beautiful mm-hmm. and again faith plays a big role in this mm-hmm. and and there are different re- different religions have different customs different um beliefs uh but as a christian you know i i'd like to think that you're allowed to send a note and say hi mm-hmm. <laughs> you know Yeah, I agree. I think my faith has changed too. Like, I think it's grown in some ways and changed in different ways. I was Mm -hmm. so set. I thought that I knew everything about the Bible until I started questioning what happens when you die. Mm -hmm. And when that happened, and then when I lost my parents, I just, I, I'm like, oh, maybe there are, I do think there are some different signs. I, I do remember my mom, I came from a weird family. Okay. I remember her often saying things like, um, if I have the ability to, when I die, I'm going to come back and haunt you like jokingly, you know, like I'm going to play pranks on you kind of a thing. Um, so there's that. Oh but. my goodness. Oh my goodness. Um, so I had a friend in high school, her name was Renee Conley and right. And I wasn't with her. I, I graduated from high school and moved on outside of DC, but I heard that she had passed away in a car accident but right before she had expressed to a group of people how at peace she was with life and her faith was so strong that she did not fear death. Like she'd given that testimony Mm -hmm. and kind of like you mentioned with what happened when you were younger, I, I wonder if there's that, um, like, is, do they, is there some way to know that that's coming? Like not know it, Mm -hmm. but the fact that she had that conversation right before the accident, you know, the fact that you're, it just, that kind of stuff is, um, it makes you think for sure. Yeah, it does. It does. What about you? Have you ever thought about, did you think you would be alive still when, you know, now, did you think you'd live to be into your forties when you were younger? I wish I was still in my forties. But... <laughs> it's okay. I'm still in I remember thinking 50 was one step on a banana peel from death. Like I thought it was the oldest thing in the world. Um, <laughs> my pastor just say lordy lordy daddy's 40 and I'm like there's got to be some saying for 50 like nifty nifty mama's 50 I don't know she's still alive um no I did not think I would make this age I didn't think I would have children I I really didn't and I don't know if anyone grasped it and and I do know people who who truly don't accept death mm-hmm. who are fighting it. And like, I'm not just not going to die, you know, mm-hmm. and they they're serious as, as much as they can be, mm-hmm. but they are afraid of it. But I think that's the difference is I'm not afraid of it. Yeah. I'm not either. Mm-hmm. I will fight like heck to 
keep looking as young as I can, mm-hmm. as I get older, mm-hmm. that's the only thing I'm fighting. You know, the thing I think that is, it's important to take care of yourself in my, I have a family member who did not take care of herself and the complications, the oh. kind of the secondary and tertiary impacts of it, um, have really been challenging, um, on our family. And I don't want to do anything if, if something happens to me, I hope it is something that was completely out of my control. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want it to be something I did because I didn't take care of myself. I wasn't watching what I was eating. And of course it's hard. Nobody, I mean, yeah, I do not like, you know, diet lettuce and kale every day Yeah, <laughs> with some lemon. No, but you know, making healthy choices and clean choices, that is not just for me. And what really turned me around is I'm making these choices for my children and their children um, because I, I want to stay as healthy as I can, as long as I can, so that I don't have to put that on them at my, at, because of my lack or my negligence, my lack of effort. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I don't know about you, but I've had a couple mornings I'll wake up and I, you know, you're laying in bed and you're just like, oh, trying to wake up and you're trying to peel your eyes open and I'll be like, man, God, I'm still here. <laughs> like, what do you want now? <laughs> what am I doing today? Um, <laughs> so you did not think you would make it to right. this point. Yeah. No, I mean, I've heard of people like dying in their sleep, but it's funny too, because when we were kids, I think, I don't know about y'all listening and watching, but I remember my dad saying stuff all the time, like, Oh, you know, I'm so old. I don't know. I'm not going to live to be that old. I'm still here. You know? So maybe it was just me kind of picking up on his vibes that he was throwing off when I was younger, but really think about it. And I can't remember what the statistics are, but, um, somebody said, if you live to be 50 or halfway through your age, and I'm like, no, that's only if you live to be a hundred years old, how many people actually live to be a hundred? Not that many. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I could be three quarters of the way done. I could be 90% done with my life. Would you want to know if Um, you had the choice right now, would you want to know? No, no. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate, um, surprise, but I am not a patient person overly. And I, I I get the reason we're not, we don't know the date and time, Mm -hmm. but that would be so cool to me. And most people are like, I wouldn't want to know. Yeah, I think I would. Yeah. See, I don't, but that said probably about two years ago, I thought I wanted to, because I didn't have anything ready. I was not prepared. Mm -hmm. So probably about the last year, I ended up getting a trust attorney. They put together a trust for Mm -hmm. um, Ken and I, we put together all of the paperwork needed in case anything happened to me, if anything happened to him. The reason that I was always like scared if something happened to me was not because I was scared for myself, but like, this is selfish what's everybody going to do without me? (laughs) (laughs) That is, I mean, particularly when your children are younger and you have a particular dynamics in the home, that is actually something very important to think about. Yeah. I mean, you think about it. I still think about it. Mm -hmm. Those of you listening might not know this, but I've taken care of all of Ken's medical paperwork since 2007, when he came home from more wounded, Mm -hmm. literally there have been times where I went and go to an appointment with him and the medications would get mixed up or whatnot Mm -hmm. because I wasn't there. So Mm -hmm. that was always weighing on my heart. But now that I actually have a plan, if something happened, like I'm just, I'm, I'm here for the ride and I'm having fun. And when I go, I go and don't cry and party on. Yeah. That's a, what a peaceful way to live, Mm -hmm. but having that, I think, and we mentioned this earlier that it really is important is 
as morbid as this topic can be, it's a reality. No one's getting out of this. So you might as well, um, we all might as well help our family members be ready, be prepared, know your wishes, mm -hmm. um, have a will in place, have a trust if you need it, you know, something to protect your assets mm -hmm. um, so that it goes where you want them to go and be very clear about it. Because if you're not, and not secret behind closed doors, but very clear, because if not, it, there's so much damage that can be done afterwards mm -hmm. in families that are kind of torn apart because mm -hmm. of money, which is the saddest thing I could think of. Mm -hmm. So kind of, you know, nip that in the bud and get all that laid out and let everyone know you can sit them down in a room, everyone at once, this is how it's going to work mm -hmm. and uh, be done with it. What do you think about that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's funny because my dad always used to be pretty secretive when it came to his health. And he's like, don't say anything, but I don't want so-and-so to know. And that caused a lot of tension, you know, mm. like, don't tell your mom this or don't, or mm. he would tell her, Alice, don't tell Patty this. Cause I don't want her to worry about me. But then when kids do have to step in and help their parents and your mom, like for me, my mom's trying to tell me all of these things I didn't know about my dad, you know, after decades, I'm like, that's a little shocker. I think just being open and honest is so right. important. Yeah. Yeah, that's huge. And I'm sure you've done that with the kids. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that they're ready. They're prepared. Yeah. <laughs> and they're going to have a party. <laughs> so just recently, I had COVID again. <laughs> and um, so the doctor was like, you can take this shot. It's an antiviral and it will help you get through COVID. Um, and you'll, you know, you'll be okay that way. Otherwise, I can't promise that you're not going to have some respiratory disease and die basically. <laughs> so, I mean, that's basically what happened. Um, so I ended up doing the research and I decided I am not getting any injection put into my body because I can either make it on my own and I'm going to live, or I can take this, this injection and it could cause me to die. Cause that's one of the side effects. So, wow. yeah. So I had to have a conversation with my kids like, Hey, yes, this medication was offered to me. I declined it on my own. I'm willing to take any risk. So don't blame yourself. It's not a choice that I want you to make. This is my choice. This is what I want. I'm not taking it and I'm fine. I'm still here today. Yeah. That have you had a near death experience? Like a real one where you're just like, Oh my God, this is it. I'm done. Um, once <laughs> <laughs> I put her on the spot a little bit with that one. <laughs> Jennifer, if you're listening, <laughs> Actually twice. And they were both vehicle, mm -hmm. um, incidences. My friend, Tracy, I'll just tell this one instead. Tracy and I were going down a highway pretty fast in her little, uh, Camaro. We were teenagers and hit a patch of black ice oh, no. and we spun out while the song Janet Jackson song, um, what was it? Nine lives, the cat, the nine lives. I don't know. It was oh. talking about basically, like you have so many lives and you're going to die one of these days or something like that. That song was playing by Janet Jackson and we hit that ice and we just went spinning out. And I, to this day, have no idea how we did not hit the wall that was up on the side of that highway. Mm. I have no idea. We were flying. Mm. Car wrecks are the number one cause of death for, I think, um, young adults, 25 and under. Mm -hmm. I think it's car wrecks, the number one cause. It was called black. Black lab, but I don't remember. Black, I, black I don't. cat, black cat. That's the name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that is yours. So you read that was kind yeah. of one of those flash in front of your eyes. Yeah. What about you? You said Iraq. 
Yeah, there was a time I was in a Black Hawk and the um, my headsets weren't working, so I really didn't have good comms with the pilot or the gunners. And the mini guns started going off, and there, you know, that you'd see the tracers, and I just didn't know what was going on. And um, so that was it was I was a little actually quite calm at the time. And again, the military training just kind of like, okay, well, I don't know what's going on, but if we crash you know, save your ammo. I only had a nine mil and an extra mag on me at the time. Cause I was literally just delivering a message and it was supposed to be an out and back quick thing. Um, so that it gave, it gave me afterwards, matter of fact, probably years afterwards, I thought about how I should have probably panicked or probably been concerned or, but you know, that, and, um, and then when you get a, a I've had a couple of serious diagnoses um, that, have given me pause like, Oh, this could really go sideways really fast. And, but I'm thankful for those because it does make things kind of brighter, sweeter, calmer, and it reinforces my faith. So I I think those are pretty special experiences. Yeah. You know, I'm curious now, if you've had a near death experience, what was yours? Because Mm -hmm. when you're saying that about you were actually really calm, it's funny because that day in the car with Tracy and we were spinning so fast, like spinning out in circles. Um, it was really peaceful. And I remember it was like slow motion. We were looking at each other basically like this, but she was in the driver's side. And that's probably why you're almost wrecked because you were looking at each other. (laughs) She's looking at me. I'm looking at her. And I just remember her going, and it seemed like the longest, but most peaceful Ah, like just kept going. Oh my word. Yeah. It was, it, I really was at Mm -hmm. peace. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. We'd like to hear about yours. If you had anything like that happen and were you calm or were you just freaked out? Um, that'll be interesting to see. Yeah. 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 So next show, next show. Yeah. We're actually going to have a conversation on honesty and do we really want it? Do you really want your husband to be honest. <laughs> Do you, no, just, but just honesty in the world, it's taken a turn. Um, there's a, a lot of angst on people. Like, are they telling me the truth and people are afraid to speak the truth or so we'll be diving into that next week. I'm really looking forward to that. I think there, is, there are a lot of paths you can go down with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's going to be a good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So thanks everybody for listening. Hey, thanks for joining us. Yeah. Be sure to go to second level impact on Instagram, on YouTube, on your favorite podcast platform. By now, this show should be trickling out to all of them. Uh, You can always find us on Spotify. So definitely connect with us. Um, We want to hear from you and join our Facebook group.